Good morning and uh, welcome to another episode of One Amazing Experience uh, where we chat to uh, event industry leaders um, about both of their careers and, uh, and, and their businesses, uh, but most importantly, finding out from them uh, if they were to hold a party, an event themselves, um, what that party would be like. Um, so we'll be going through the venue of choice, the arrival music, um, what they will be serving their guests in terms of drinks, the meal of choice, uh, an entertainment of choice, uh, one celebrity they would like to their party, what their first dance track would be if they are having dancing, their big departure, so when they are leaving or their guests are leaving the event, how they how they see themselves swanning off, uh, and equally as well, one gift, one gift that they would give to all their guests at the end, and that can be something physical, it can just be a kind word or gesture, uh, whatever they would like it to be. Uh, and uh, I'm delighted today to be joined um, by, by Hattie from Top Hat Catering. Uh, Hattie, would you be so kind as to do a, a sort of 30 second pitch to our listeners in terms of uh, what Top Hat is and what your unique selling points are? No pressure. Um, Top Hat, <laughs> we're a small boutique company, very small and with the, um, unlike the big players, uh, very nimble. Um, um, we do predominantly um canopy parties for up to 200 and dinners up to 100 so yeah we work with a number of small venues and small and boutique i think are our little word fantastic and i believe you've uh, had the pleasure of looking after the likes of well you serving jimmy chu uh and the american ambassador matthew barzen yeah david cameron Done all of this. Yes, yes, we have. And a new one to the list is the Duke of Marlborough. We did a party at Blenheim Palace um, last March for Starlight Charity, which was amazing. Fantastic. It's a, it's a, it is a stunning venue, Blenheim mm. Palace. Um, so coming on to, to your party, uh, Hattie, in terms of, uh, well, usually it's, uh, it's led or otherwise... Um, it's, uh, it's easily understood by, by the venue of choice. So can you let us know I suppose, what the occasion is and what the venue is that you'll be holding your party at? Um, the occasion is going to be my 40th, which was a few years ago, but I still haven't yet celebrated it. So I, my daughter and I have big plans about this. Um, Venue-wise, um, I think it might need to be the roundhouse for some of the things that we need to be doing. Um, but... Um, we might not be able to fill it. <laughs> <laughs> it, it is a, it's a large venue. <laughs> it's a large venue, but you'll understand as I go on with the theme and everything. Absolutely. And uh, have you worked the roundhouse? We have. We're actually not on the list, but we have been. We've run some restaurants and the, it, done all of that, a lot of their internal stuff as opposed to their big events. So we've worked with them on numerous occasions, uh, which has been really fun. Yeah. There it is. And for, for anyone who doesn't know the, the Roundhouse, obviously it's a, a large venue in Kentish Town would be the best place to describe it as. Camden, yeah. yeah. Camden, Camden, Kentish Town. Uh, it is round. <laughs> uh, it's, uh, it's, um, it's a very large ceilinged arts venue, uh, which you can obviously use for events as well. Uh, very worth checking out. And uh, as your guests arrive... Um, Obviously, we usually have a scene setter in terms of music. So, how how would you what what music are you going to have, Hattie? 
Um, well, the theme, I think, is going to have to be a mix-up between um, The Greatest Showman and Mamma Mia. So this is sort of like the explosion. So I think we're going to need to walk into The Greatest Show, hence the roundhouse of the venue. Very fitting venue. And I can see the influence of your daughter here. <laughs> Completely. I mean, she's <laughs> seven years old and this is what we listen to all the time. <laughs> Excellent. Well, you could add in a frozen theme as well and, and just complete the trio. Well, exactly. I'm, I'm, I'm pushing away the frozen one a little bit. That might need to be the last song. <laughs> uh, so starting from the beginning, obviously, in terms of your, your company, you, uh, you founded it in 2002? Yes, I did. Um, I set up um, many moons ago. I, I was working in the kitchen of By Word of Mouth and Rhubarb. Um, I had a non-events job beforehand. I always call it a proper job, but um, that's a little bit insulting to everybody in the events industry. Um, but I, it's only because it's so much more fun in the events than it was in my <laughs> I was a headhunter recruiting quantitative analysts, um, which really isn't me, and I was very gracefully fired. Um, and I then met, well, I'd known Hugo Miller-Brown, who's AYS, but was... Um, by word of mouth, I've known him since I was tiny, and we he got me into the kitchen of by word of mouth, and then I moved into other kitchens before I then decided to set up on my own from my kitchen at home. Amazing, and I believe, did you go to the Tom Marie Culinary Academy? I did, yes, and then a ski season straight after that, yeah. And so was that your first... Um, uh, Go, go to catering? It was, yeah. The ski season was the first, but I, I went all through school and university without being a particular lover of food or a very good cook. Um, but as soon as I started, I really enjoyed it. Um, I was very good at partying, though, so I think that's what led me this way. <laughs> so you're good at partying and, and you had a lot of cooking. It, it sounds like a natural progression. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Um, and uh, in terms of your love of partying, usually in terms of going with love of partying is is um, drinks, and obviously there'll be drinks at your party. Uh, obviously, there's going to be a mixture here because there's going to be some which going to have to fit your seven year old daughter, and then some for the more the adult crowd. Uh, what do you have planned? Um, I, my favourite non-alcoholic cocktail at the moment is Everleaf. I mean, I'm, I'm not being served many mocktails, um, but the ones I'm having at home are the Everleaf. I think I think they're brilliant. Um, and my daughter enjoys them as well. Um, for alcoholic, I'm less of a cocktail person. I am more of a champagne person. And we work an awful lot with Moe, so it would be a bit rude not to have some Runar. Um, I, I think that would be the right thing to do. The blanc, the blanc de blanc, I think, is what we want. Runar Blanc de Blanc yeah. from Murray. Wonderful. And uh, would you explain, sorry, an Everleaf? Everleaf, it's, uh, I mean, it, it's it's very simple. It's, uh, it's uh, a non-sweet uh, uh, syrupy drink. Well, that sort of goes against the sweet bit. But, um, and you mix it with tonic water and orange zest and um uh a slice of orange and it's just really simple and delicious and unlike any other mocktails i've just got loads of sugar syrup in it um it's it's tasty it feels more grown up than some of the ones out there fantastic served in a highball 
Yep. I think one of those cut glass highballs. Crystal. Yeah. Game the full hog. I mean, 40s, um, especially when it's a few years too late, you, you need to celebrate it properly. Completely. It completely. And uh, so you're coming on to, to obviously the meal, which I'm assuming the top hat will be catering. Of course, yeah. Of course, yeah. And uh, will you be? Uh, will you do? Are you doing canapes to start with? Yes, um, right. I came into food because of my love of canapes, so it will be very, very heavy on the canapes. Um, we do a really delicious crispy skin chicken with um, uh, chicken liver parfait and a rhubarb compote with some little flowers. Um, there'll be that one. I think I'd need to get. Um, I call him Sushi Ray. Um, and I think we'll need to get him to do a sushi stand as well. He's I've worked with him for millions of years, and I'd need to have his amazing sushis um, there as well as some other canapes. I think is what I go for. Excellent. The uh, on on the numbers we've been doing of these, the uh, the the number of sushi and fish count sort of fish displays has been amazing. Actually, there really is. It's, uh, it's obviously very. <laughs> And I believe you have a love of Asian food. I absolutely love Asian food. Um, I wouldn't serve it at a dinner because um, I don't think everybody would want that. But I, I also don't think it's very great as showman or mamma mia. <laughs> but yeah, absolutely. I mean, if anybody wants to woo me, you can take me to Navy. <laughs> I'm sure someone will take you up on that. And um, it. <laughs> And you, in terms of when you started your own business, as you say, you'd um, you'd worked in kitchens before. Before that, you'd been a, a QA headhunter. Did you um, did you in terms of, of of family life? Did you come from a, a family of, of entrepreneurial spirit, or um, did you? Very much so. Um, yeah, I am one of four. My mum is one of four. My dad. Um, has his own business um all of my mom's siblings have their own businesses all of my siblings have their own businesses and um yeah I think maybe we've just got a problem with authority <laughs> but we <laughs> we have all set up on our own um there are four of us in food um and then other bits and bobs yeah no the, well the authority thing again is another sort of a common theme or is our as um, well, the last two. So Lena Bjork from uh, from uh, Alexander Bjork, Bjork. She said she she uh, she had to sort of start working for herself because she be, she became not a very popular member of the team because she wasn't happy the levels everybody else was working to. They had the hotel she was at, and uh, and Sue Barnes said she well she ran out of people who would work with her, so she started on her own. So it's obviously a, a common theme in terms of the the. I guess it's the um, it's the passion for things to be done right. And uh, have control on it. Yeah, exactly. Um, it's. I think it's sort of, and also knowing every in, uh, Sue and Lena will know every single element of the business, from the finance down to the guy who's delivering the the the, the hire, or you know, all of those bits. We we will all know every single element. Uh, maybe it's a control thing. That's okay. Yeah. <laughs> um, and uh, obviously, you you do have full control of your own event. Um, so meal of choice. You uh, you've had you've had your beautiful canapes to start with. Yeah, um, I I really really struggle with this one. Um, actually, when we were at the roundhouse, we did a 
rabbit we had a restaurant there um a couple of years ago um and we did a rabbit wellington with a chicken puree around it it doesn't sound i mean it was insanely amazing um and i think actually i'd probably go for that um start a rabbit data wise i'm not entirely sure because i'm wondering whether i will have eaten up too many canapes um but I suppose it would need to be something light, like a ceviche. Um, and then pudding, I don't give a top about pudding. Um, so it would be the most amazing cheese um, station. And my uncle um, had his own cheese company, which he sold to Aubrey Allen, who's a, a, an amazing butcher. And I would get him to just come up with the most insane, beautiful, with chutneys and grapes and dried fruits and biscuits galore. I mean, that for me is heaven. No, and it's, uh, do, you, do you have a, a favourite type of cheese? Um, uh, yes, it is. Um, we have it every Christmas. It's a, a gorgonzola that he does, and it's just, oh, I mean, you can literally just stand there and, you know, put on even more weight over Christmas. <laughs> and do you serve it with a pudding wine? Uh, for those that want, yes. Um, a nice so terms would be, be good. Or a tokai, as a, um, a, mm. a little bit partial to that. Excellent. Well, we're, we're rocketing through your event and, and, and going back to, I suppose, to your business. So you started in 2002. You obviously, as discussed, you'd had great experience in kitchens before. Um, mm. Did you, when you started your business, did you did you have a, a great vision for it? Um, I think, yes. And I, I like to think that I, I got that last year. Um, I always wanted to be a small caterer. Um, I never wanted to be a big, huge uh, you know, the, the overheads slightly scare me. Um, I have complete rose-tinted glasses of my time at By Word of Mouth, and I love the kitchen and the way that it worked. And so my view and my aim was always to be a smaller version of By Word of Mouth, which is actually probably when I was working there with possibly a similar-ish size, when Janie was still, um, when she was still very much involved. Um, I've always really like that so uh, that's sort of where I've set my goal it's a friendly kitchen it's a kitchen that any, anybody can walk into and you don't have the bravado chefs that I certainly met at some of the other kitchens that I worked at um I, I wanted somewhere where everybody's equal and friendly and that's what I wanted and and then on the opposite side so the client facing side I wanted us to be the best that we could possibly be you know and I, last year we won best small caterer in London so I really feel that we got recognized for that which was brilliant because that's what I wanted us to go for. That's fantastic <clears throat> congratulations on the award. So your your learnings as you say that you took from from by word of mouth it was it was from a kitchen environment rather than the, the whole running of the business? Um, I mean, well, yes, because I was in the kitchen, and when yeah. I was there, it was it had a very family vibe. Um, Janie was there, her husband was there, her daughter was sometimes in the kitchen, and for me, it it didn't compromise on the events that we did. 
at all with them. Um, I thought I thought it was, and that, that's just what I liked. Um, I thought it was. Um, I sometimes feel that some. I mean, I suppose Gordon, although Gordon Ramsay doesn't do events, but he's given kitchens a bad name, and by word of mouth was the antithesis of that, and that is what I have always wanted to have in my kitchen. So I have been. Yeah. It's a very nice. You know, people do say it's a very nice kitchen to work in. Excellent. So as you say, it's it's a it's a a, a warm, welcoming environment where chefs have the ability to to have their say in terms of how your food is yeah exactly. it makes it far more collaborative and people's voices are heard so if somebody is not liking the way that a dish has been done you know if they can present us with something else then so it also means that we're quite flexible and nimble because we can we're not so set in stone um with how things are done no, that's great. And as you said, you won the award last year for, for Best Small Caterer. Um, prior to that, I'm guessing, obviously, having gone since 2002, there was there was possibly one or two occasions where you really felt, you know, you were taking a step up. Can you remember any of those where you thought, actually, yeah, now this is a serious business. It's going the way I want. There are three really, really big okay. ones. Um, one was quintessentially wedding atelier where um, – organizing uh, their atelier at Somerset House. And they had a falling out with the caterer that they were planning on using. And I had met James Lord the week beforehand and he phoned me up and said, would you like to do this? I was like, yes, of course. And then I get the pitch and it's like, okay, it's 2000 people over two days and it's next Friday, Saturday, and you need to be ready by Thursday. Oh, and by the way, it's Easter this week. <laughs> so all of my staff were off. It was, I mean, we were running around like headless chickens, but it's when we came up with, we made such big decisions. We came up with the brand. We came up with exactly how a top hat would look and feel in in a room. Um, and we were opposite John Nazari. I think that's how you pronounce his name, the photographer. And he'd done this like a million times before. And we were just standing there going, I have never, ever, ever done anything like this in my life. Um, I hired male models just in case it all went wrong. Um, and then at least people could say, well, the food wasn't great, but the waiting staff were amazing. But luckily, the food was amazing. And we pulled it off. And nobody in the wedding industry had heard of us. And suddenly, quintessentially, are showcasing us as their caterer of choice and that was a massive step up for us i think we doubled our turnover the next year fantastic mm. um another one was doing the summer uh, party for matthew barzen uh we did that two years in a row um the first one was 2500 people the second one was for 3000 and aha we'll play i want to say it's aha it was either aha or duran duran i was slightly <laughs> we had golf buggies running around I, I was chief litter picker upper because there were so many people and it was it was brilliant we hired airstreams and that was just such an amazing experience um, fantastic is that that's in regent's park in there in Winter Park. yeah insanely amazing um, so I feel really, really lucky. And then, as I've already said, the, I suppose the pinnacle event for me um, was the Blenheim Palace. Yeah. Uh, um, that was March last year, and we got ourselves on the list at Blenheim, and I'm hoping that we will be back there in March next year. 
We have our fingers crossed. Life will be back to normal when we get to March. Hope so. (laughs) (laughs) And much before, we hope. And I mean, talking of which, obviously, we are doing this series while we're going through the the current pandemic. Um, Having traded for 18 years, you you will have just missed 9-11, but obviously you had to deal with 2008-9 and the crash then. And I'm sure there's been other uh, macro and microeconomic situations that have affected your business. I mean, what's what's been your learning over the years and, and how have you been able to sort of utilize those while going through this? Um, I, I, I don't really know. Um, I, we did really well out of 2008-9 because I think people were looking for us uh, smaller, more independent companies. So we did, we did really well. So it didn't really affect us. But this is completely different. Um, I, I mean, we've, we, I mean, we've shut down. So I don't really know. I don't really know. Um, I suppose what I hope is going to come out of this is a relationship with all the people that I've met and spoken to in the catering side, as well as other elements of the hospitality. But um, it's going to have to be more collaborative. I mean, it's so silly that all of us have our own kitchens, of which these are our biggest expenses. And then you've also then got the staff on top of that. I mean, we're, I've actually laid off all of my staff, so or made them redundant. So I will be looking at freelance staff moving forward or collaborations with other catering companies. And in, in a way, I'm petrified of that. But in another way, I see it as a... A, a twist in the journey that can hopefully turn the events industry round and make everybody a little bit more profitable. There might be less people working in the event industry though. Um, but I just think it's really scary. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I, 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 I don't think there's anything anyone could say it is not scary. It, it, it is scary. I think that uh, the collaboration has been mentioned by a number of people. Uh, in these podcasts in terms of what what needs to happen and also I suppose a a positive that has come out of it is that uh, competitors are are happier to talk to each other because everyone's going through the same situation and and then you know there is some element of collaboration that can happen to to find as you say maybe a more efficient model uh, in terms of going forward Um, it will be a a process of change and change is, is never that easy um, no. But we'll all we'll all look to do our our best as we do come through it um, and keep those talented individuals which are in this industry. And there's, still so many, there's so many talented people, and it's just it's really it's really heartbreaking to watch. Um, you, you know, there there are lots of conversations going on with people, and you know, people are having to make you know, really, really tough choices. And it's not choices that anybody would want to make uh, and they didn't need to make. Um, I mean, we, we're probably not going to stay in our kitchen to the end of the year as much as I want to. And it's 18 years of something that I personally have built up. Um, as is the same, and I, and I know that I'm really not alone here. So I know that there are many others who are bigger than me, who've got more overheads than me, more HR, whatever, than me. And mm. I I constantly just sort of think about the unfairness of all of this because as an industry, we are just 
so not completely supported. I mean, we're not even supported. Some people are, some people aren't. It's it's literally a postcode lottery as to whether people will be able to get through this or not. Yeah. Yeah, and I know um, out of, <coughs> excuse me, anyone in, a, in the industry, you, you have been very um, forthright and uh, forthcoming in your views. <laughs> well, um, you, it's, it's been good, though. You have been leading um, the industry in terms of, I suppose, um, well, protesting or at least pushing forward the need for support. And Have you found uh, any ears willing to listen to you? Yeah, so I, um, not my MP, um, Marsha, what's your socks? It's has not listened at all, answered any emails or phone calls, which has been a bit disappointing. However, I'm very lucky to have a friend who is a politician, who an MP who has put my, what I call it, the Boris letter under the nose of um, somebody who can make decisions anyway the answer came back as no which was really disappointing but it did get as high as it could possibly get and then I have been in talks with UK hospitality which really interestingly we weren't even on their radar as an industry we our our sector of hospitality wasn't even included um so I I ended up on a call with them I mean it was such a David and Goliath isn't quite the right expression, but I was there with the CEO of Baxter Story, the CEO of, I mean, these huge, huge multi-billion pound industries. I mean, not billion, obviously, but um, massive companies that, and I was having to explain to them exactly what I do. So it's like, if your daughter gets married, this you would hire in a marquee company, a caterer, a hire, a florist, a band, a this, this. It's like, oh, well, we do corporate stuff. And it's like, no, you don't. You don't. You don't do anything that we do. And actually, I want to say that D and D were on the call as well, which is uh, which Lena, uh, Alexandra, and Bjorka. That's correct. Yeah. But I don't. You know, they weren't even talking about Alexandra yeah, Bjorka. Right. They they were talking about the other side of their business. And we've been so, you know, as part of the events, the hospitality thing, we represent forty three point four billion pounds with. 540,000 full-time employees. That's not including probably half the people that you've got on your books, which are freelancers um, and our freelance chefs and things like this. So it's massive and we're just not, you know, not being listened to. Anyway, long story, sorry. But um, we've, I've been in talks with them and I've managed with me and probably a few other people, we've got and a petition that somebody set up. We were represented last Thursday in Parliament. Um, again, with the answer, the computer says no, but they spoke about the events industry. Um, and I had my very, very titchy petition in Parliament Square, and it was really fun. Um, <laughs> um, but it was done, done, done over a picnic, I believe. Uh, it was done over a picnic. I mean, if you're, going to, yeah. if you're going to do a petition, you know, why not do it? Only yeah. We're, we're, we're a very nice, kind um, – the police did come up to us a couple of times and said, what are you doing? You're more than six people, um, thankfully for me. Um, and the policeman actually, his wedding has been postponed, and so we were able to say to him, well, you might not have your wedding because – the caterer might not be around, the florist might not be around, the band might not be around. You know, we might not be here. And 
that I uh, he was he then let us stay. But it's, I mean, I, I could go on. I'm I'm a bit I'm a bit like a broken record on this. Um, some of the caterers that I've been speaking to are going well. They're getting to multiple. You know, they're not getting rent reduction. I'm phenomenally lucky. I have got the nicest landlord in the world, and he has let me have some rent-free time whilst we try and work things out. But a lot of other caterers aren't so lucky. So, and they've been in their kitchens for 15, 20 years. And they're planning on pulling out their entire kitchen and putting it into storage for them to then take two years off because it's not going to be worth their while spending the money to put the money back into a kitchen and find a venue to then reopen. You know, it, it's... The government is so short-sighted on this. The universal credits that they're going to have to pay, the the lack of business rates that they'll get in the long run, the lack of tax, anything is. Yeah. Um, whereas if they gave us what I'm asking for, which is business rates and uh, uh, rent, the the 25 grand grant and PAYE and VAT reduction and delay, those are those are my things that I'm and I've been working with UK hospitality to try and get that because I know that the hospitality side are getting that and actually a lot of restaurants now have nice new decking and they have had a holiday over the last so angry making I mean I could literally go on (laughs) well don't have too many I know that at the same time that um while you're obviously going through this this mayor and there is obviously a lot of negativity i know from from your side as well you've had some positivity from my understanding you've got eight food i do i have a frozen ready meal company which i set up with um three friends a nutritionist a leith's teacher and um not well, chef and then a sales person and we uh, had been sort of trialing it in the market last year and then we launched on the 24th of February this year with no plan for COVID and it's gone really, really, really well. Um, um, as of this week, we just had a collaboration with Lizzie King who does Lizzie Loves Healthy, who's an internet blogger and um, and we've got a couple of more exciting projects in the pipeline. So we're utilizing the kitchen to be able to make this food and get it out into farm shops and into people's freezers. So yeah, that's fantastic. Excellent. Well, long, long may the development continue. It sounds like you've got good creative plans. And in, in terms of that, has there been someone in the, the, the events industry who's, who's inspired you? Um, I think there are so many people. Um, I, Janie Lloyd-Owen, I think, was my role model to start with. She, she probably doesn't even remember who I am, but um, um, I love that. I just love what she achieved at By Word of Mouth, and I know that it's raised into glasses of 20 years ago. But um, Tell me more. Tell us more in terms of, of what she achieved. Well, I think it was just it was setting up her catering company and the way that it was run, it was just not this aggressive um, kitchen of places where I worked. It had, it was, it's just all about the feel. And that for me is just so important. Um, I know I've said that already. Um, no, no. There, there are so no. Many, actually there's, um, there are a couple of bands that I really, I, I was thinking I haven't put the band into my party. No, not yet. Do I get to that bit? Yes, we will we, we, we'll do, I assure you. <laughs> I, um, I, I, yeah, 
I mean, there, there, there are too many to choose from, but her, who I've never even, I haven't spoken to her in 20 years, probably. Yeah. Well, the, uh, by word of mouth, we mentioned before, so um, uh, David Wise mentioned, I mean, he, uh, he, he, in terms of his sort of inspiration or, or just in terms of, as you say, setting the tone and the tone by the sounds of things is what you've taken from by word of mouth. He was working on a on a this is early days of Wise Productions and, and he was out doing a, a rig and a D rig and whatever else and basically putting a twenty four hour shift and whatever. And uh, he was sort of taking a moment's rest in his car and looking particularly knackered. And Justin Tinney from by word of mouth sort of came over and gave him a coffee and a, <laughs> put his arm around him and went, Don't worry, you're doing a good job, carry on, mate. And uh, he sort of remembered that really well. It was that sort of touching feeling. Justin had no reason to do it. It wasn't exactly, he was a, wasn't a direct client or supplier. But it's having that recognition. I know it's not, it sounds, yeah, it's that touchy-feely, family, supportive. I think that's really important because I know that some people can be um, very demanding of everybody to obviously create the most perfect event that somebody spent an absolute bomb on. But my view is, is that, you kill people with kindness and you get the best out of them by supporting them as opposed to going the other way about it. Sure. Excellent. And uh, you obviously you've given your guests a wonderful time so far and you also want to come on to your band. So who's your band going to be? Um, they're Funk City Band and it's Craig Mitchell and he has done a number of parties for me and he sets the tone absolutely brilliant. And um, the other band would be Eight Ray, who I got introduced to at the quintessentially wedding atelier. And I've worked with them via Creventive quite a few times. And I think they're awesome as well. But Craig is just, he's so cheeky and he's brilliant. Um, and I would very much like um, him to be the band at my party. And they'd get everyone up and dancing. Yeah. I'm sure. He, well, he doesn't let people sit down. He's a bit, he's one of those sort of bullies at the beginning. <laughs> uh, excellent. And um, <clears throat> would you have a, a – a, you, you're allowed one celebrity in this on this occasion. People have cheated and have two. But you, is there one that you would like? Um, I, I think my, my – um, not really, because it's my party, <laughs> and I don't want anybody to steal the, the limelight. Um, no, I, or, or if I could, get, I'd like Cirque du Soleil. I'd like a trapeze artist from Cirque du Soleil to be there. That's my celebrity. Okay, well, that'll be fantastic. You don't want Hugh Jackman opening the show for you? Uh, well, I know because I just think people would. Mm. <laughs> yeah, maybe. Uh, I mean, yeah, yeah. Okay, I like that one. Go with that one. It would keep it would keep your daughter very happy. I'm a bit worried about the squeals, but yeah. <laughs> Fantastic. Um, and looking back on your uh, on your business so far, I mean, do you do you have one sort of best memory? Um, I, I I'm just really proud of it. But best best memory I think would be I've, I've actually got a photograph in our tasting room and this was the first um uh American ambassadors one and there are 10 of us sitting around a golf buggy the day before 
the party and we were all setting it up and we had managed it and we had enough time and we got there and we're all sitting down having a a big pat on the back just um we'd done it and it was you know we were so completely out of our depth and we'd achieved the setup we then went on to achieve the next bit and, and get it for the next year but it was that was you know taking that deep breath before the event starts it's like seeing the library at Blenheim Palace being decorated with everything in there before the guests walk in. Those are the those are the moments when you sort of take that. You go, wow! It's not it's not when the people are there. It's it's that moment beforehand. But- yeah, either moment beforehand or or the uh, the moment five a.m. after. When <laughs> yeah, it's a breathing time. It's a it's that moment when you go, yeah. holy moly! I have just achieved this. I have just done this. I've just managed to feed three thousand people. Or actually, tomorrow we're going to feed three thousand people, but we've got time to sit down because we're that prepared. Yeah, and where your uh, where your family very social? Did you have lots of parties when you were growing up? It's an understatement. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> very. <sweet. laughs> um, my parents have an open door policy. Um, it's, I mean, I end up at their house and you wonder who's going to be around the supper table. Um, it's constant and it's amazing and it's such fun. And they throw an amazing party there and they do it very, very regularly. Hence, yeah, hence you were inspired to, to go into this. Exactly. This, as you put it, a non-serious job. Yeah, exactly, because it's fun. <laughs> Excellent. Um, but sadly, obviously, all parties do have to come to an end. Um, so with the uh, you have your, your uh, as we described, a big departure, which either can just be you or your, your daughter or, or all your guests going at the same time. Do you have a well, I think departure if we're, plan? If we're doing The Greatest Showman, it needs to be on an elephant. Um, mm. uh, wandering off down to Camden, um, taking us all the way back to Battersea. Um, and I think that might be required, might take a while. Um, or yeah, no. you're fairly close. You're fairly close to London Zoo, though. So they could do it for us. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> excellent. Well, it would be a fitting scene. It would be, wouldn't it? Yeah, it would. Uh, th- those people in Camden Market who may have been smoking something funny will be quite surprised what? to see an elephant come down. In, in the when I was planning the, the sort of mini protest, I was hoping it obviously would have been a bit bigger, but on. Monday night, and this was on Thursday, I emailed a few event planners um, and got got in touch with Simon Lieber, which is Entourage Events. And I was like, this is what I want. I want a flash mob to come in and dance to the greatest showman in Parliament Square, <laughs> because this is what the government's stopping us from doing. But obviously, it was two or three days notice and getting all of those people, it wasn't going to happen. But it was a really fun idea. It's a great idea. Maybe a flash mob of something like that as we leave on the elephant. Love it. Love it. I'm sure there'll be another opportunity to do a flash mob. Yeah, I, 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 I will arrange one somewhere. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And we've all seen Boris is doing his press-up, so maybe he'll be able to join in, you know, yeah. getting his fitness levels up. <laughs> um, and uh, is there one gift that you give to all your guests as they leave? A trapeze lesson. I think maybe mm. maybe everybody either has to trapeze out or do a slide out of the top of the 
out into I don't, I don't into a ball pit. I'm not quite sure that's a present, but I think that's an experience. Excellent. So almost they'd have to uh, do before coming to your party. They all need to do some training. Yeah, I think sort of trapeze training, so they're ready for the departure at the end. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> no, I mean it. It's nice for it to be fictional. I can so see my parents doing that. But, um, <laughs> um, I'm sure your parents love to do it. Yeah, no, I, I present wise, um, no, I, I, I've, um, I'm really not sure. I think it just needs to be an, an experience of something like there's a boat that's in the med uh, um, last summer, and it had a slide coming all the way down from the top of it. It was one of these super stink boats. Um, and it was, and you slid down the slide into a into the sea, and something like that into a large ball pit off the top of the roundhouse for people to yes. get the building. I know that Love health it. and safety might have a, but you know, it's my party. There's a way around it. Yeah. Excellent, and uh, and and largely so in terms of, um, and, and thank you for your time, Matthew. It's been great hearing about your party and about your business as well. And I, I know, as you say, it's a uh, it's difficult times at the moment. But are you able to be doing future planning at the moment? And what what do you what are you planning? We're, we're getting a few wedding inquiries coming in, and I've got some little bits and bobs um, over the summer um, that you know it's going to cost me to open the kitchen up for it. But I still think it's probably important to do um, to keep my toe in, and, and I'm, I'm going to continue bashing the drum and getting on my soapbox to annoy the government and probably the rest of everybody on LinkedIn who follows me, but I, I will, I will carry on making a noise and hopefully come up with some really amazing collaborative plan to, with Top Hat and A, another company, I think is probably where I'll end up doing it. Sure. Excellent. Well, I, I really hope that that does does happen, and equally as well, you know, obviously from our side, where the events industry is is what we do, um, so we're all hoping that things do open up soon, and that um, the government sees a way forward, uh, the pandemic recedes, uh, and equally as well, people realise that, that risk levels are going down, um, and we're actually able to start functioning normal life soon, and and that Top Hat, having one best small caterer. One year goes on to win it multiple times again as well. Yes, thank you. It's a pleasure. And thank you so much again for your time, Hattie. Thank you so much.